Well, hello everyone and welcome to another Devo with Pat and Jamie. We're hanging out here in our own respective studios, uh, <laughs> recording up some Devos for you. Uh, Patrick in Oceanside, me in Carlsbad, and um, it, it's been a little bit weird being apart, right Pat? Yeah, it's been really weird. I'm excited that we have our own studios because then it sounds like we're together but really, honestly, neither of us have been recorded any of these together in a few weeks. So we're there. That's right. We haven't. But it does make me feel important to say, well, I'm in my own studio. <laughs> Do you feel important when you say something like that? I kind of feel like a bigger deal. Yeah. You know, I, I <laughs> it makes me feel kind of cool. I don't know. It's not like a laptop. Let's be honest. I'm in my garage right now. Sitting at a table I made out of a couple uh, sawhorses and a piece of wood, and uh, my laptop is sitting up on the table, and I got a couple, you know, devices to be able to record this, and that's really it. It's not. It's there's nothing fancy about it. Yeah, I'm sitting in my living room, and if I stretch my leg out far enough, I can practically put it in my kitchen. So, <laughs> great studio. Just get that that big toe, you know, get your big toe leaned way out there. You can probably just barely get it. Yeah, and I just want to say, I was thinking about this this morning before we started recording this, that if you're listening to this and this is the only time this week that you've had to enter into scripture, listen about scripture, hear what God is uh, saying through us. I just hope that you can really um, use this time to worship and uh, take time to really think about um, the passage we're going to go over, read it for yourself, take time to process it alone later and just find time with God. That is this, if it's that for you, and then not this as well, something different. That's a really good word. You know, I have a, a good buddy, um, uh, I lost track with him, but 20 some odd years ago, he was at my church and he actually gave his life to the Lord because of a radio show he was listening to. And the guy on the radio from however, you know, a thousand miles away did uh, a call to faith and he accepted the call and it like changed his life forever. So words are important. And I think that kind of, that kind of will bleed into what we're talking about today, that words really do matter. Uh, words are a big deal and the word of God is a really big deal. So um, let's just jump right into it, Pat. Uh, our verse for today, the verse that we're going to talk about is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Uh, so I'll read those for us this morning. I'm reading out the NIV. Um, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Pat, thank you for bringing that in. I appreciate that little litur liturgical flourish yeah. Uh, yeah. call and response that I think is, it kind of brings me back into church, even though, like we said before, I'm sitting in my garage. So... Um, Pat, have you read this verse before? Is this something you're familiar with? Is it something you've heard in church before? I feel like, well, this is not a verse that I, when you said 2 Timothy 3, that that's what we we're going to go over. I did not know what verse that was, right off the top of my head. So there's not that. I feel like I've heard you talk about this verse before at like a winter camp. Oh, I could have. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, that would make sense. Uh, this verse, I associate it with you. Um, but oh, that's, all right. that's cool. all that, uh, it's all that came to mind. So no, not, a, not a very familiar verse for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's like throw a little context into this. So the, the uh, books of first and second Timothy are books that are, were written by Paul. And some people say that they may be the last books that Paul wrote towards the end of his life. Um, and so you're getting like kind of a mature version of Paul. Not that Paul was an immature person, but, um, he's, he's walked with the Lord for a pretty long time. And, uh, um, you know, we've heard Paul say things like in Philippians, he said to live as Christ, to die as gain, um, which to him was kind of like, you know, it's all good. He's like, if I, if I keep on living, it's all good. Cause I'm, 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 uh, because uh, living is being Christ-like, and that's what I want to do. To die is gain. That's all good, because if I die, I get to be with God. Um, so he had like a really kind of open sense of of uh, death and life and a really good sense of who he was and an amazing sense of who God was in the midst of it. So this letter is written by Paul towards the end of his life, and it's written to Timothy, who was a co-worker with him. Now, Timothy is also supposed to be a younger person. There's a classic or a very famous verse in, uh, in one of these letters that says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. And so because of that, a lot of uh, folks have surmised that possibly Timothy was like, you know, a really young person. And he may have been young in terms of, you know, how old, like you consider an elder in the church to be or whatever, but uh, I've read a couple of places where they think maybe he was actually like mid thirties or forties even, but um, that could be, uh, that could be the case. We don't really know. However, uh, Timothy may not have been like 14 or 13 or 10 or eight years old. He was just like a younger man, but, but a man nonetheless. And so what this is, is this is like an old person filled with wisdom who's trying to pass it down to a younger person. Now, Patrick, let me ask you this. Uh, I know you have um, a pastor friend who's kind of been a mentor to you. Uh, what's it like having someone who's a little bit older who's able to kind of coach you along? Pretty useful. <laughs> someone who has kind of walked in your footsteps before and can really give good um, advice. Someone who has made mistakes in the past, but then also has been where you were to kind of say, you know, I've made this mistake before. I'm going to help you not make the same mistakes that I have. Yeah. So this is like kind of what's going on with, with this Paul and Timothy situation. Paul's writing a letter to Timothy. Timothy's able to, you know, gain the information from it. But here's what's crazy about this. This goes beyond Paul and Timothy because this is in the Bible. This is God's word. Uh, and because it's God's word, because it's elevated, it's it's a bigger deal. It's more important, meaning it's not just a letter from Paul to Timothy. It's a letter from Paul to the church, which means it's a letter from Paul to us, the church, people who want to follow God. Um, but then even bigger than that, it's not just from Paul. It's actually a letter from God to us. Um, and that's like kind of a big deal, right? If God yeah. was going to be your mentor and write you a letter, here's something that God would say. Uh, this particular passage, we can kind of jump into it. Um, it says that all scripture is God breathed. Now, when I say scripture, Pat, what, uh, what comes to mind? Cause you know, not everyone uses the word scripture. It sounds like super churchy or kind of like old school. 
when when I say scripture, what do you think about? In not in this context, I think the Bible. Um, not in this context. Very simply, all the texts that are in the Bible, all of the books of the Bible. In this, with this framework, with these two verses, I look at verse seventeen, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Um, with that lens on this, all scripture to me kind of seems like anything that God's servant says or does. All scripture, you're like, whoa, all scripture God breathed. So the first few words in here, right? It's all scripture is God breathed. And that God breathed piece is really interesting. It's an interesting word. Um, it's it's a word that's made up of two words. So it's, it's uh, the original... I mean, kind of like when we look at it, we see it's a hyphenated word, God breathed. <clears throat> and the word uh, for God is 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 Theo, which um, like if you ever, you know, know someone named Theo, that kind of comes from the word uh, for God. So um, Theo, which is God. And then the other word is, um, is the same word or a similar word to the spirit or wind or, or not wind, but the spirit or breath or air, which is. Uh, it's nuestos, which is like pneuma, which uh, the word, that word is actually used or was used for the spirit, uh, God's spirit. Um, but it, it's also like where we get the word pneumatic or pneumonia that starts with like a P, you know? Um, and so it, when you think about like the word for pneumatic, it, pneumatic is, uh, means it's air powered. And the air is an interesting thing, right? So that's why we get the word breathe. So it's it's God, Theo, and then um, and then pneuma or spirit. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like the wind or the breath of God. But the way we translate it, because obviously, you know, it, it actually meant something is it's inspired by God. All scripture is inspired by God. Now, when we look at that particular thing, <clears throat> the word that's used is is graphe, which is like uh, you were maybe like the word graph or something like that, or to write. Um, so it almost makes it sound like all writing is God breathed, but I think there's a specific thing to scripture because in Paul's time, what would scripture have been? Um, and this is towards the end of Paul's time, so you have to kind of think about like, well, what would Paul have even considered scripture? So, you know, like. Would it have been a letter that he, I mean, he's literally writing scripture right now as he <laughs> writes this. So yeah. would he consider like his own writing scripture? Like, whoa, you know, that kind of makes you think uh, a couple times when you, <laughs> when you, when you think about Paul and how aware was he of what he was writing, that it would be uh, scripture. Yeah. Um, kind of an interesting thought, but. Um, all scripture and Paul's era, Paul would have been thinking about prime, you know, probably what we consider the Hebrew Bible would have been a, a big kind of, uh, a big, um, bucket of what scripture would be. So, mm-hmm. you know, you start like Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and you keep going through all of those and you get into, uh, they have the prophets and the wisdom books, uh, that are also in there too, historical books. So all of these things are all together, and this would have been scripture. Now, back then, you know, things were written on scrolls, um, and you know, printing hadn't happened, so people weren't like rocking their NIV Bibles uh, that were pocket size edition. Like that wasn't happening. You know, you, you <laughs> don't have like online Bible. <laughs> 
or their online Bible or their phone app Bible or their like that did, that wasn't even a thing. In fact, the Bible the the Bibles I usually buy I buy based on on the size. Like, can I hold this in one hand <laughs> and teach from it, or can I read this? And put it in my backpack without my backpack weighing an extra 20 pounds. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's how I get Bibles. And nowadays, like you said, I have Bibles digitally on my on my phone, on my computer that just almost makes it to the point where actually having like a physical Bible doesn't seem to have the same kind of kind of place that it did years ago. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you usually read from when you read the Bible, Pat? Uh, I bounce back and forth between... Uh, just on the computer, simple Google, uh, my actual printed Bible, which I have sitting right next to me, but I'm not using it right now. And, uh, a Bible that I have on my Kindle app on my iPad. I really like to, when I'm working on a message or something, I'll read the passage that I'm going to teach on out of my printed Bible, but then I'll also use a second printed Bible in a different translation to kind of compare and contrast a little bit and get a better idea of what the scripture is saying um, from basically two different people's or two different group of people's mindset. Yeah, that's a great, man, that's a really great idea. Um, and a great tip for people out there too. If, you, if you're wanting to get into the Bible and read the Bible, you know, there's like a lot of different versions, uh, a lot of versions that, that, might be a little bit easier to understand. Some that might be harder to understand. Some that might be a little more, um, a little bit closer to the original languages, which doesn't necessarily mean it's more accurate, uh, but it kind of helps you understand maybe originally how it was written. But again, man, I don't know, Pat, what, what version of the Bible do you usually go to? Well, my Bible, I'm grabbing it right here is this one. No one can see this except for you. Uh, and this one's NIV. And that's just because that's what we use for just about everything in our, in church, at our church, all the scripture passages on Sundays. But then I also really like using the one that we use in our middle school room, which is a blue one. And it's the new living translation. And it's a very old version of it, but it, it just puts the Bible into a little bit simpler terms to understand the big idea a little bit better. But I, I bounce between the two just so I can make sure I stay relevant with, you know, the students and what we read in the classroom and also with what our church is aligned with as well. Yeah. And I think that's a good point because, you know, <clears throat> there's definite advantage, especially in personal study of looking at different Bible versions. And, you know, the ones that I would say are pretty easy to go to, you're not going to have a whole, like, you know, necessarily trouble with, um, that in the NLT version, I really think is a great version. Um, I personally just read from the NIV cause I've been reading from it for so long. It just feels a little more comfortable, the wording of things. Uh, the people who translate the Bible that, that get to us, um, their whole job, what they're trying to do, they're not trying to push any agenda is they're trying to take, the original is close to the original manuscripts as they can, they can find and access. And they're trying to um, put those into today's language so that you can understand not just the word, like word for word, but you can understand the concept, like you were saying, Patrick, of a sentence or of a paragraph or of a section of the Bible. They want people to understand what it is. And so, or obviously, when we read the Bible, the Bible wasn't written in English. 
the Bible, you know, the King James version of the Bible is famous because that was like the big English version that was uh, written with the these and the thous and all that stuff. Um, like over 500 years ago or 500 years ago, that was like the one that uh, most people would have read for for uh, for hundreds and hundreds of years. That was it for English. Today we have so many different versions. Yeah. Um, but so when we say all scripture, um, kind of the classic understanding of this is that that means it's the Bible, right? All scripture is God breathed. And if you want to sound super smart, because there's a lot of people I've heard will do this. Instead of talking about scripture, they talk about the scriptures. And that makes you sound extra spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of saying, well, in the Bible, it says, you could say the scriptures in the scriptures, it says. And then it makes it, people think like you're a little spooky or something. They're like, oh, <laughs> I wonder what scriptures that guy's reading. Um, yeah. <laughs> But basically, yeah, it's the Bible. And and we could talk forever about the Bible, how it came to be, um, what, uh, you know, the right way or good ways to study it for understanding, what are our different approaches to understanding the Bible. But I think today when we look at it, the point of this is telling us that, you know, all scripture is God-breathed, meaning God spoke life into it. God spoke it into existence. God uh, inspired all of scripture. And that, that's, that's kind of a big understanding a lot of churches have is that scripture is inspired by God, meaning God wrote it all. Yes, other people had their hand to it. Other people might have copied it down, but God ultimately was the one who inspired it. Yeah. Um, and then the next part, Pat, it gives us all these different words, um, yeah. right? So if, okay, so we know that there's scripture. We know that it's God breathed. And now we're finding out that it's useful for some things. Yeah. And there's a lot of things in that list. Any of them jump out to you? Uh, all of them. <laughs> Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. There you go. Sweet. So, <clears throat> yeah, all scripture, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Now, some of these words might not be familiar. Now, teaching, obviously, you're like, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Bible is good for teaching. And that's really true. I mean, I've... You know, I don't like to think um, that I'm a super, super smart person because I know some people who are scary smart. Uh, you know, they memorized a ton of scripture. They understand all sorts of stuff about it. Um, and, man, those people can teach. When they really get going, they can teach like crazy. Um, and there's people out there who just know a little bit about everything. Like they could tell you about physics and they could tell you about calculus and they could tell you about the social sciences and, you know, biology and they just know everything. Yeah. But what's cool is the Bible, there's wisdom in the Bible that you can't really get anywhere else. Yeah. And that really teaches. And so there's been times where I've, uh, spoken to people and I'll want to tell them what I think, like what my opinion is when I'm trying to give them advice. Uh, but if I lean on the Bible and not just on my own advice, but what the Bible says, um, man, it, it makes a big difference because they're actually getting God's word to them, not just my word to them. Right. And so th that's like kind of a helpful thing. Cause you know, not everyone wants to hear what you have to say, but when you have the scripture backing you up or when you're telling someone the scripture, you're not telling them your words, you're telling them God's words. And there's some power that comes with God's words yeah. in a big way. So, yeah. um, Pat, when you, when you hear the word rebuking, what do you think? Uh, challenging, Ch like ch to challenge something. 
Yeah. Hey, get out your Google. Let's look up a definition of rebuking because I don't know if I could come up with like the best definition for rebuke. Yeah, the definition says expressing sharp disapproval or criticism. Sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you rebuke? What does that even mean? Uh, so rebuking is, it is speaking against something that's wrong. And we're not very good in our society of doing that to like someone's face. It's always like behind their back, you know? Um, hmm. uh, did you see what that person did? They did the wrong thing, right? You, you call them out. But it's really rare when you can go to someone in love and say, hey, this isn't right. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to rebuke like your actions right now are wrong and I, I need to like rebuke you. And that's hard to do when you're doing it of your own power. But if you have scripture backing you up, um, God's word backing you up and the Holy Spirit in love, you're doing it in love for someone that can make a big difference in someone's life. Uh, I don't know if I've, I'm trying to think of a time when I've had someone rebuke me using scripture. Uh, sometimes I'll just read scripture and the scripture itself will rebuke me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like I'll read something and I'm like, Ooh, I think I just did that yesterday. And it's in a list of things you're not supposed to do. So, right. Yeah. Um, but God's word is useful for that, but it's also useful for correcting, which is kind of the same idea, right? If someone's off course, you can correct them and training in righteousness. Righteousness is another one of those words. that's like, kind of out there, you know, you're like, what in the world does righteousness mean? Yeah. Um, and verse 17 though, kind of wraps it up by saying, yeah. uh, that, uh, the scripture will be, will, will equip us for every good work. So sometimes if we're going to be rebuking, uh, script with scripture, it's for something good. If we're going to correct using scripture, it's uh, for something good. We're equipped with the scripture so we can do these things all for good, knowing that and trusting that we are servants of God. Being thoroughly equipped, man, that, that is a, that's a challenge. Cause I know many people out there, you're a young person. You're like, you, you, you want to do good. You know, you don't want to be an evil person. Uh, you want to help people out. You want to, um, do the right thing. Uh, Ultimately, you want people to feel love and happiness and joy. Like, that's what you want. And so in that, I think it's important for us to realize that there's actually a, um, a way to know how to do that, to be equipped to do that, and that Scripture is useful for that. Scripture is something that we can use to be thoroughly equipped to go out there and to do good works. Um, but I want to bring something into this, and that is it takes an element of faith. You can't just go out and take the Bible with you and uh, and read it and be like, okay, I'm good. Uh, you need to bring an element of faith to reading scripture and to putting it into action. And yeah. you have to trust in it, right? It's like if you're walking across a bridge, you got to trust that bridge. <laughs> if you're climbing up a ladder, you got to trust that ladder to hold your weight. Right. Um, I was climbing up a really kind of, rickety ladder the other day and I was like kind of thinking about it because you know I'm not the lightest guy in the world and I'm like hoping that this thing holds me up and I had to think about it I'm like do I trust this ladder okay yeah I think I do and thankfully it held but yeah in the same way we have to approach scripture with an element of faith and trust right and when we start doubting scripture or um, 
taking our faith out of it and having it just be an academic thing or having it just be our minds and not actually using our hearts uh, and our faith in it, then scripture, in my, in my opinion, loses the power to actually change us and just becomes uh, another writing. And I, and I think that if you're listening to this and you've ever doubted scripture, that's like a good talking point to talk to any of us, uh, a leader of the, of the church, someone, or just anyone else, someone different who also trusts in scripture, uh, have conversations about it. Um, That's get, right. a, get a different perspective, read a different, like we've said, read a different translation. Maybe, maybe you're reading it and you're, and the doubt or the doubt in the scripture is coming from, uh, not really quite understanding what fully is saying. Yeah, absolutely. And again, Pat, you bring up a great point is every time you read scripture, though, there will be things that you will like, and there'll be things that you're like, I don't like that. That doesn't make sense to me. I doubt that that can't be true. Um, and the one thing you don't want to do is just shut your mind off and say, well, it's scripture. So whatever, and go forward, like bring your mind into the game too. bring your heart into the game, bring it all. Cause God can take it all. Um, and scripture, like it says, it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting. Pat, do you have any advice for anyone who's who's uh, maybe like totally new to the scripture reading thing? And, you know, I had someone actually uh, contact me through social media and say, hey, Jamie, I'm trying to read the Bible. Uh, where should I start? Um, what would you tell someone who, who wants to get into Bible reading? Like what any tips or any advice or things that helped you out with it? My recommendation for someone who's going to get into Bible reading, into diving into scripture is uh, start in the gospel of John. I think that the gospel of John mm. is a, a good starting point. Um, I think it's, it's fun to read. It's easy to read two very important things. Also don't get discouraged. If you don't understand something um, read them, that's like, if you read something, you go, I don't get it write it down, talk to someone about it, find a, a spiritual mentor, uh, a spiritual leader, spiritual, spiritual director, someone to talk to you about, ask them about. Um, and if a lot is just not making sense, you're reading scripture and just going, wow, I don't understand any of this. Jump on the computer, try a different translation, find something that it might be a little bit easier to read. Um, so those are my tips on how yeah. to dive into scripture. Also, uh, try to read some every day. Maybe it's a chapter, maybe it's a few chapters, maybe it's a verse. One thing that I like to do is when I'm going through seasons where I'm reading, trying to intentionally read a lot more scripture is I'll open my Bible to whatever book I'm reading through and I'll start reading and when a verse or phrase jumps out and stands out to me, I'll stop. Mm -hmm. And if I get one verse through for that day, I'll stop there. And that's all I read for that day. And I'll write about it, pray about it, figure out what God is trying to tell me in that one individual verse, because God is trying to talk to me. If you stop on a verse because yeah. it sticks out, 
That's God trying to say something. Sometimes I'll do that. I'll read two, three chapters. I'll be like, well, I have to go get other things done, but I'll keep reading until that verse or verses stands out because that is God not ready to tell you exactly what he thinks you need to hear. So that's another good way. If you really want to dive in like next level into Bible reading, I would recommend that read until a verse or phrase stands out to you. Yep. That is a, that's a great piece of advice. If you read, you know, in, in a little bit a day. And then the other thing too, is if you miss a day or maybe you miss two days, or maybe you go the weekend and you didn't read the Bible. Uh, the last thing you want to do is beat yourself up over it. Right. Um, that doesn't really help anyone else out. You know, it doesn't help you out. It doesn't, you can't go back in time kind of a thing. Really the best thing is to do is, is, is to open it up and read whatever's coming up next. So I would also say this too, is is if you can, find a way to read in community. Now, I don't mean like, you know, sit in a circle and have everyone read the Bible out loud to each other. I mean, if you can do that, hey, go for it. But um, it's good to have someone hold you accountable to the reading. Like maybe you have someone who says, hey, I want to read through the book of John and let's read through the book of John in, you know, like a month. We'll try to read about a chapter a day. Uh, and check in with them. Uh, and then if you have a question, you can bring it to them. And if they have a question, they can bring it to you. And then you can kind of go back and forth with it. Right. Or find, you know, find a Bible study group of people who actually want to read the scripture together and, and open it up together. Because when, you, when you're doing it in community with other people reading the scripture, there's something like really, really life-giving. Because you may not even think of a good question of the scripture, but you get to hear someone else's question. Right. And that gets you thinking about something else. Yeah. So uh, if you can find a way to do that, that's another recommendation I would give. Uh, studying scripture in community is really a helpful thing. Yeah. Well, Pat, I think we're getting towards the end of our time here, but um, all scripture is God breathed. And I think that's a good word for us because it's useful. Uh, if you, if you know, people out there are thinking, ah, reading the Bible is a waste of time. Can I just get the spark notes or whatever they have now? Um, you know, it, it doesn't really work like that, right? It's God-breathed, and it's something that's God-breathed is still alive. Uh, and the Bible even says that it's living and active. Um, if you want to read, if you want your life, and I'll just say this right away, if you want your life to change, read Scripture every day yeah. with faith. That will change your life. And it, it's, not like it's, it's not like you're reading some kind of a magical book, but in some ways it kind of is. Because God does amazing things through his scripture and through your element of faith in it. And so you opening up the Bible and, and reading once a day will change the course and the trajectory of your life. Uh, and I would hope you do that. So if anyone out there wants to do that, hey, jump jump in on it. If anyone out there wants someone to, to help them uh, with scripture, has questions about it, you can always contact Patrick or myself. And uh, we would gladly uh, give you any more tips or advice you have on that. Um, but hopefully you guys dig into your Bible. And hey, right now, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, open up uh, open up a verse. Take a look at it. Look at 2 Timothy 3.16. Look at John chapter 1. Uh, just get started. There's no, no time like the present. 